Hello, everybody. Kyle here. Welcome to a new episode of the Chaos and Shadow podcast. This week, I'm joined here by my co-host, Pagan. Pagan, how are you doing today? I am doing good. I'm excited for today. How are you doing? Same, same. Oh my gosh, this episode has been awesome to put together. I So you weren't uh, feeling super, super great last week. I was going to try and record this solo. We're talking about the gateway process. Some people might know this from its explosion over TikTok in 2020 and its renewed interest here in 2021 as the uh, missing fifth, 25th page of the CIA report titled, uh, I'm sorry, it, it comes from a Vice article titled How to Escape the Confines of Space According to the CIA. Um, and this comes from the CIA report titled Analysis and Assessment of the Gateway Process. Whew, already right off the bat, we're packed with jargon. It's going to be the way it is. <laughs> Pagan, you're going to be helping me this week um, in decompressing it and kind of uh, asking me a bunch of good questions along the way. I've yes. been putting this together for our psych group. So I guess this will be our little housekeeping off the front to say we put together the Revelator Investigative Society and we have our psych division who's going to be doing a bunch of ESP-related experiments in May, June, and probably into July at least. We'd like to, this to be an ongoing project. But basically, it's me, Alex, Jade, and Tanino from our, our Gilded server. Wonderful, wonderful group. We've met a couple times now and just this last week kicked off doing Hemisync, which will be the focus mm -hmm. of today's episode. Um, and maybe I start with a little bit of a, a definition to Hemisync right off the bat. Uh, this was put together. Yes, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this might be good. I, so in 1975, uh, this is coming from the Vice article, Robert Monroe registers the first of several patents concerning audio techniques designed to stimulate brain functions until the left and right hemispheres become synchronized. Monroe dubs that state hemisync, aka hemispheric synchronization, and claims it can be used to promote well-being or to trigger an altered state of consciousness. And that is going to be the key, I would say, to I, I do believe that that's the key and the prime mover of this entire episode is this hemisync, uh, what now we call binaural beats. Uh, I got really into this almost a decade ago. Well, yeah, about almost it was about 2013, I want to say I, I started going on YouTube and listening to a lot of the binaural stuff. I was fascinated. There's a cool one out there for folks of a barber shop where someone recorded uh, a 3D sound barbershop. And if you close your eyes, about 10 years ago again, so it might not hold up as well. But if you close your eyes, it genuinely sounds like you have someone, you know, going around cutting your hair and you can feel the effects. Your brain fills in the sound effects because how often have you closed your eyes, you know, in, in a barber chair sort of deal where they, you know, they're doing your hair, they're hairdressing and cutting it. And you kind of, your brain starts to put that feel in there because it can fill in a lot of the gaps. Binaural That's beats. pretty awesome. They're really I, cool. I, I didn't know much about binaural beats until recently when I started working through Psychic Witch. And I had heard of them, but I'm like, I have no idea what this is. And now that you're kind of talking about this and I'm just like, oh, okay, all the dots are starting to connect. I get it. It's cool. So this is going to be cool to learn about this and learn how all of this stuff plays in with each other. Indeed. I'll, I'll draw a quick differentiation in my own example there for a sec, too. So um, what I mentioned a second ago about the barbershop thing doesn't really put your brain in any kind of state so much as uh, by using 3D sound, like our brain is just so good at, at tracking where 
direction is and audio and where the waves are coming from that, you know, again, it's simulating that experience. Now, when we go into this hemisync state, it's where you might see some of these examples. Um, we'll have some in the show notes. And if anyone's been up to the blog, I already have uh, an introduction to the Gateway Project up there. You can see an example where someone's putting in uh, a 104 hertz in their left ear and 100 hertz in the right. And both of those cannot, I guess, thoroughly be heard. It's a thing where you can't make the brain hear 4 hertz, but you can use the 104 and the 100 to cancel out the 100 and leave them with the 4. So Mm -hmm. that's what's working there is the brain can hear the 100, but it can't hear the 4. And so you're meeting in the middle. And by doing that, you can put yourself in all kinds of different states of mind through the gateway project and process just to put the uh to put more more breadcrumbs for folks before we get even more jargon laden this is long term about getting outside of your body without of body experiences some people will refer to that as the astral plane they specifically do not they uh robert monroe and the monroe institute use the word out of body experience or oobe because they wanted to differentiate it from the occult uh, and just the way that they, they wanted to give a standard in their own experiments, if you will. So they mm-hmm. call it out of body. But as you travel beyond, they give it different names. So we're going to be looking at things called focus 10, which is a very um, meditative state where your mind is awake, body is asleep. And they're the ones that, that coined that phrase. So 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 modern U.S. history claims <laughs> that the Monroe Institute's the one that popularized it. Um, they also are apparently the ones that popularized the phrase out-of-body experience. I admit, I genuinely, I wasn't alive in the 60s, so I don't know if that's where it starts. But, I mean, at least it genuinely tracks back historically. But I, I don't know if they're the ones that initially started it for sure. I. It is very cool that they're taking it away from the occult. Not saying that the occult's not scientific, but they're taking it more from that kind of fringe science into more factual science and actually really trying to test it to see if they can prove it. And, you know, it still is is holding up today. So I would say yes, in a way they have proven it. That's the cool part. I know sometimes the occult community, we can all go, you know, someone wants to like science away our coolness. I just remember when 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 light was explained to me in fifth grade and I remember being like, damn, the world's so much less magical now. Like that's really lame how light works. And and I don't know, as I know more about science, I still say, damn, light's boring. Like it it prevents us, we can't trap, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the point is when you start peeling back the mysteries, usually it gets can get very boring. Sometimes it gets more exciting. And let me say, the Hemisync experience, the Gateway Project, gets more exciting. Because I don't know, it feels weird to me to know that our tax dollars through the CIA legitimately proved that you can contact other entities out of body. And that you can basically ascend, kind of, sort of. And then, I mean, again, these are the spoilers I give because they're so loose and there's so much research to be done. And it's so much on your part, too. One of the things we're going to get into loosely is the idea that you actually run into uh, kind of a religious window at some point where whatever Mm -hmm. your personal belief system is, you are courted with those sort of images, which on a personal level is cool because that's how I always imagined the afterlife. I kind of always thought you're going to go where you put yourself. 
and and then to see the CIA be like, yeah, so, you know, if you're Christian, you're going to see a lot of Christian iconography. If you're, you know, Muslim, you'll see, you know, related and vice versa and yada, yada. So whatever your jive is um, upon that, you're going to see a lot of that as kind of a guiding pathway to you. Oh, my. <laughs> so I have so many questions. Yeah, at why this don't you moment, throw some but, at me? I can probably okay, tackle some so, off of that. And please tell me 100% if this is going to be way too out there that we'll have to assess this in a later episode, sure. which is totally cool. But I want to go back to the concept of ascending. What on earth did the CIA mean by ascension? Well, so that's I'm 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 putting that word a little bit more in their mouth, to be fair. That's a really good one. I'm putting that word in their mouth because they started mapping the astral plane. Um, they, they meaning the Monroe Institute and Lieutenant Colonel Wayne, who maybe this is a good good segue to get into some some history here for just a sec. Let me find that in the notes. Um, but Lieutenant Colonel Wayne is tasked to put together uh, this this document. Again, we call it the assessment of the gateway analysis and assessment of the gateway process was penned in. 1983 by Lieutenant Colonel Wayne McDonnell, or Wayne is all the documents call him, an explanation and breakdown of the gateway experience. Uh, he does this with, what was it, Isaac Bentov, I believe. He, they, those two, uh, an Israeli-American scientist, they work on making it into a very, like we were saying, legitimized, almost physical science. And, and that's where I get into the idea of this ascension process of most of this is about you learning to escape the physical body through vibration and mm -hmm. uh, and an understanding uh, that you are the creator of the universe, which is where oh God, how do, which is very interesting because the CIA and uh, this, these remote viewing projects have a lot of ex-Mormons in them, which is also very interesting because Mormonism follows that process a smidge too, where they have a facet that says, you know, when you kind of, when you die, you become a god of your own reality. And that's not me giving Mormonism a, a pass or a promotion. It's just to say what they found, what McDonald Wayne here found and mentioned in there is... That so much this sounds familiar because Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, Mormonism, all of these feature or have aspects, sorry, they have aspects of the gateway process embedded within them. So truths, if we can call them that, truths that were found through the Monroe Institute do still seem to be embedded in every religion. And so the idea that dying or somehow ascending out of your physical body and either staying there or going beyond, that is kind of a part of the gateway process. Does that answer that That's question? Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's not so much like ascending in from this life to like a higher consciousness. It's more of ascending oh. a post death consciousness. Does is that what I'm understanding? Because I, I just want to make sure that I'm really on board with this. It's super cool and it's super <laughs> interesting. Not entertaining, also entertaining, it's but both. It's it's both, and it's kind of like. Okay, so it, it makes me literally ask in my brain, can I ascend like right now or do I need to die first? <laughs> uh, I want to say, okay, oh God. So this gets weird. The answer to your question is yeah, yes. <laughs> the answer is yes, <laughs> because in part of this, what I, and this is just one of those things that you really like religious folks, 
uh, meaning monks and scholars and all these people have spent, you know, mm-hmm. thousands of years collectively trying to get to these meditation levels and stuff like that. Um, dare I say non-scientifically, right? It was just things that were passed down and and certain things that worked. A lot of this is also a stripping away of the understanding of time, <laughs> uh, which I have a hard time with. I think everyone out there will have a decently challenging time with because... I mean, I'm someone that is dearly ingrained with the notion of time. Like, I I exist in a linear plane. But technically, I guess we don't. Or at least Mm -hmm. not really. So to answer your question, a part of hemisync, which is way down the line from where I am with it, is that eventually you're going to get your body's heart rhythm into a state where you can, and your brain with it, so your, your heart will stop sending kind of a rhythmic pulse through you that's disruptive and instead all works together in this area where you can i believe they call it like dipping out of reality uh i I saw the word just a minute ago i this is the part that confuses the hell out of me but you you kind of blip out of reality and out of space time and so the answer is like astral projection Yes, but I want, well, maybe, because my thinking is, well, I, and this is, this comes from a guy who's not really astral projected. I think everyone's is going to be different because I think that, Mm -hmm. I think it's all a scale. I would assume most people, strictly an assumption, don't necessarily break the whole way out of space time when they are doing astral projection, at least not from the accounts I've heard. It seems like people, well, gosh, I guess it also depends on where you go with it. So let's let's talk mm-hmm. about this for a second, because this ties directly back into it all, plus what Michelle was talking about, Bell and Jerry, on our last episode. Uh, there is the remote viewing aspect of it, too. So you could stay within a certain space time, if you would like, and function there. But kind of, you know, trying to stay closely that idea of ascension, it does seem like since you're coming out of the space time continuum, you can at that stage possibly ascend beyond. I mean, one of the lower stages of the hemisync process is called focus 12. This is beyond body, asleep, mind, awake, where you're supposed to actually have an enhanced sense of kind of everything and understanding. Now, I got to focus uh, t- definitely 10, I believe, but I don't know if I've gotten to focus 12 because aside from me telling myself I had like a, a greater, you know, wider perception, I don't know that I really did at that moment. Mm-hmm. But boy, I, I don't even know if that begins to answer the question that you're getting at of. You oh, know, no, it, it definitely does. But it's one of those things that it's such a huge topic yes. and there's so much so many teeny tiny little pieces that make up that topic it's kind of like if you were looking at a photograph we're just examining a few pixels of it versus the entirety of the photograph because it's there's so much to it that you can't just say oh hey we're going to talk about the whole thing and you completely grasp what's going on so no it does make sense it's one of those things that it's like wow that's really cool I, I want to try it. <laughs> I pray to the gods that the folks out there listening have any idea what we're talking about, have not just turned <laughs> us off. Uh, the, the reason I really wanted to make this episode especially is to go and read the Hemisane or the uh, the gateway process document again, the one, or sorry, to even <laughs> to read the document itself. I have not really bothered much. I've read s- parts of it and I've read synopsises of it. It is very jargon laden. And without having someone, I think, explain it to you, 
it's really hard to get to the source of it on your own. It's, it's kind of one of those things where you just you have to work your way up. And that's what I'm hoping this episode does. This is not a definitive end cap. Kyle's telling you everything. Clearly, I don't know it all. And I'm not sitting here lying to you either, folks out there telling you I do, because I think that would be the greatest hubris. I encourage you to go and look this stuff up on your own as well and participate in the experiments because it doesn't end with this document. So again, I'm giving a summary of how to escape the confines of time and space, according to CIA, by Toby Campion on uh, Vice. That is that is my primary source. The other one we're pulling from here, just so people know, I uh, did some good watching from the Monroe Institute's channel I think it's actually not linked in this document. I think I have it linked to the one that's actually already on the RPN site. But they have some really good talks with Robert Monroe. And maybe I should spend a second to talk about him for a second. Because, again, very, very big key player. Uh, in the 1950s, he had radio. He was a radio broadcasting executive. And they were finding evidence of these patterns of the human mind. And what really got him into that stage of research was him having uncontrollable out-of-body experiences, which is something you and I have heard of plenty of times Mm -hmm. just over the years. People that don't know what's happening. And and back in the 50s, he was very worried that he was just absolutely losing his mind. That was his biggest fear was he he went to all kinds of psychiatrists and psychologists and anyone he could go to is primary care physicians and and nothing was wrong with him physically uh people said he was you know probably overworked or whatever but he would have these experiences where he'd wake up from his bed and his hand would fall through the floor uh and you know he'd like pull it up and he actually recounted one i i I accidentally skipped ahead in his audio book the other day but i did hear of an encounter where he got these weird gummy almost beings stuck to him when he went out of body um, so, so do you, do use your protection when you go and do your, your astral work. In this case, they call it your, uh, your energy balloon. I think it's your resonant mm-hmm. energy balloon. Uh, well, I love the names for these two. They're just so like sixties lab names for things. They're so <laughs> like cheesy. Let me find some of them. Uh, so resonant humming is a part of this. That's a very popular one to this day. And, and it goes back again towards old styles of meditation what is resonant humming this is when you are trying to resonate with a certain frequency uh through humming and again this is you see this or at least probably can hear this in your head when you think of monks chanting too yeah i was gonna say that sounds very much like a monk kind Mm -hmm. of style vibrational chant kind of thing I guess a good point here before I go too many, you know, talk about too many of these little words they've come up with is um, so Monroe was concerned, first of all, about his health. But, you know, there wasn't anyone in the Western world, meaning like the United States, that was talking about this stuff in a hugely meaningful way, especially that was aside or or apart from the occult. Because if we're thinking 50s, again, we've got a radio executive here. He's not likely someone, uh, I believe he even describes himself, I don't know, when it, I think he's agnostic, kind of, sort of. I, I think he comes from a Christian background, as he mentions, but he's not a religious man. He's not, I don't think he's anti-religious either, but he's just not into it, as, as it sounds in the setup to his book. So all of this to him kind of came as, you know, out, out of left field. It, it hit him where he's like, I'm not into the spiritual, I'm not going to be diving into the occult to figure this out. 
uh, what can we look at scientifically? And since he was into radio broadcasting already, that's where they went with the sound approach. That's why he's into the, the hemisync. There are other ways, of course, to get to these stages, as you know very well. Many, mm-hmm. many people can astral project. There are light methods of doing things like that, too. That's kind of what I've been playing around with, is that you can do, like, flickering lights on your closed eyes, assuming you don't have photosensitivity that would trigger, like, an epile- epileptic epileptic seizure. You don't want that. But, um, yeah, there's other ways to get to this. And I think the hemisync process is, if you want to think of it as anything, more like a tried-and-true roadmap. Um, that is almost guaranteed for pretty much anyone to get there if you're willing to put in the time. Just like anything, it's one of those, you have to be willing, uh, but it will get you there. And I've noticed really interesting things out of it too. So I, I guess I will attest that personally, as someone who doesn't get much out of traditional meditation, you know me, I haven't gotten into many trans states through other people leading it. Um, mm-hmm. This got me right in. And I was I, I was talking to some people in the group. I was able to teach myself um, some like hypnotic suggestions in the very first or second time I went under, which was crazy. Uh, That's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, like, you know, I have some really chronic heartburn stuff. And so it's not a fixer, but I, I taught myself in one of the first, cause it just came to me. He was already teaching us something. He's like something like if you tap your two fingers together, you will, you know, you can use this to easily enter a meditative state. And the more you use this, the more whatever it will become. So I just thought, well, what if I tap my other fingers together and think of the letter H and make my heartburn lesson and that it works it, but against my best scientific judgment well now my scientific judgment changed as this blows the whole <laughs> this reframes science in my opinion but uh yeah it's really cool though that you're talking about that too because um for as you know i just finished uh matt Orne's mm-hmm. psychic witch book and there's actually he actually talks about teaching yourself how to do that to where you can slip into that state very easily by teaching yourself some sort of gesture like crossing your fingers and it helps you um it trains your brain to literally go right into that state of that meditative state that you need to be in to reach a higher consciousness to you know do remote viewing to do psychic work whatever it may be and so that's really cool that the all of this lines up really nicely. <laughs> it really does. And if anyone here is like, oh, God, this is all mumbo jumbo. Um, I, I would say to that response that I would have agreed with you a year ago. But I think in the last year, a lot of people myself by the things that have been thrust upon me i I don't know if i would have come to this without you know in in, in the intention of like almost the synchronicities of it coming my way and all this but with all this landing in my lap and seeing so many people tend to agree my mind is definitely shifted i mean the path we're going is not working right you and i ranted forever off air last Mm -hmm. night about we live in this world where plastics 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 and no one's slowing down and no one's recycling them and your recycling plants are probably burning or burying them not far from your home and you just don't know it right now and that can't work that's not the world we can live in we can't we will kill all the animals we will kill the planet we will kill each other like that is a guarantee roll this out a couple more years the current stage so when i look at it and i go those people that are the the people the people the man that's pushing that idea on us that you know oh just keep buying 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 buy sell you know waste 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 
if they're also the ones that are laughing at this idea that, you know, you you can't get out of your physical body, like none of this, this doesn't work. You know, you're 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 not more than your physical body or any of that kind of crap. Uh, just doesn't work on my brain anymore just because I see the I see the cliff that they're running themselves off of. And I just don't know. I, I, I think that there's I think we got to start thinking about a higher consciousness uh, in general. That's my, my thinking these days. Again, I, I can't convince a pure skeptic on any of this other than to say, go for it and do it. But the hemisync thing, just like trying to astral project, if you don't believe it, you're not going to be able to do it full stop. You'll, right. you'll prevent yourself. Yeah, it's the same, you know, astral projection, the hemisync, uh, even high consciousness prayer healing, if you're in, if that's part of your religion or even witchcraft, if you don't believe it's going to work, it's not going to work because your energy that you're putting out, your intent, all of that that you're sending out into the world is like basically building a wall and you're just kind of punching that wall, hoping that your fist is eventually going to go through it. But if you've built that wall strong enough, you're just going to make your fist bloody and hurt yourself in the process. It's not going to work. So by all means, if you're going to try this, give yourself some, you know, give yourself like a month and say, you know, I'm going to try it. I'm going to believe it works and see if it does. And if it does, fantastic. If it doesn't, well, you can say, hey, I tried it and it wasn't for me. I agree. I I, I think that's really, really solid in what it's about. I, I think I think for me, it's a big change of shifting what we believe to be true in the world. I guess that's kind of what I was trying to say a second ago, mm-hmm. is that a lot of us, I'd say absolutely me, come from a world of, I mean, we were born into this very scientific generation. You and I talk, we, we see all the people that are anti-science all the time, and they have no grounding in reality. And like the anti-vaxxers and stuff, that's what worries me is there's this weird conflation between how we need to dump some science and dumping all science. I do want to make that caveat here. This is not to say dump medical science. What it's to say, though, is do verbally slap your doctor if they start saying, you know, we have to do hard pills for everything and they don't have any other solutions. That's, in my opinion, very narrow-minded thinking and and really should encourage you to go and get a second, third, fourth opinion. I know we aren't all entitled to that with no medical care, but um, science, as I'm learning, is scientists, as I'm learning, are not immune, of course, to small mind thinking or closed box syndrome or whatever you want to call it. We know, we, Pagan and I and this community, know many PhD folks who have a very hard time even getting near the UFO issue because going near it can mean could mean even, you know, well, now slash just a couple years ago could mean losing your reputation, your career, being laughed out of the institution that you teach at. Um, it's it's definitely done that over the years. But now look at us. Now we have the New York Times and the military and the Pentagon all saying, like, that's a real UFO video. And that one's real, too. And those triangle craft are real. And that one, those are real pyramids that were captured over there. And so it's like, wait, to me, it's a rewriting of like 40 plus years of collective history going all this stuff we were told that was not true is, and all the other stuff, yeah, it's it's getting weird, I guess, is the TLDR of what I'm saying. What what was fake is now real and almost vice versa. And this well, is one of those. <laughs> this is also a really interesting time because, yeah. you know, we're, we've talked about before about being in the age of Aquarius and mm-hmm. all that as far as the astrological stuff. 
the last time the Age of Aquarius happened was during the Renaissance. So guess what? A lot of stuff that wasn't scientific or wasn't true or was too fringe back then suddenly kind of came into being and kind of got the the spotlight for a while and now is what we know is you know a modern thing that is fact and so i think that we're kind of going through another sort of renaissance and it might be not necessarily 100% spiritual but definitely a shift in thinking and so i think it's really cool that you know we've got the the gateway experience here and the blooming of spirituality and the blooming of psychic exploration i guess and we've got all the wonderful stuff that's coming out of the ufo community and the ghost and cryptic communities and all of it just is really starting to show that yes there is something out beyond our physical realm Mm -hmm. something is out in that universe and we can almost touch it Almost. We're almost to that point where we can touch it. And we are finding new ways every day to bridge the veil to come across it. And this is one of those really cool things that we're actually getting to say. This is one way that we can say, yep, I can walk across the bridge to the veil and I'm in the veil communicating with whatever's out there. Indeed. Whatever it may be. I think this is also a good time to mention something that Monroe pointed out, which uh, is one of the things that grinds my gears a smidge with organized religions. And, and so he goes on and says a lot of religions back in, in their formation periods may have had genuine tricks that got people into these states. Again, you know, the, the, the resonant uh, humming and such, which monks have mm-hmm. done. But as he says, people just generations apart all change their prayer practices um, you know, one person, one child might just be like, I'm not going to clasp my hands in this prayer. And that's fine. That still works for me. But then the next kid goes, you know, I'm not going to clasp my hands or close my eyes because that quote works for me. And what we get to is this point of a degeneration of uh, what actually did work, not not to uh, be an affront to anyone's belief system, but to say there were real scientific kind of things, whether it was humming or, you know, these 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 brain changes that you things we're doing to induce the brain states that get removed just out of convenience and we lose the reason why you know because they someone never experienced it so they don't know so prayer to them becomes significantly less than what it could be in a way one of the things you mentioned because you you mentioned uh like a a prayer state um you actually do it with this work later on with some color breathing as they call it the technique of revitalizing Mm -hmm. your body through color images um, your energy toolbar, which is used to kind of heal parts of your body. Um, a lot of these are very, you know, tied into other traditions. And I'm sorry, you were going to say something there. Oh, no, 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 no. That's very accurate because you, that's kind of some of the techniques that works with Reiki, for instance. Mm-hmm. Reiki is a Japanese energy healing. And so it's one of those things that we still don't really understand 100% how the brain works, but there's those of you who probably know very well that I have multiple sclerosis and sometimes my MS is just awful and gives me terrible, terrible pain. But I actually have a playlist on Spotify that actually is frequency music that helps work, lower your pain levels. And as long as I listen to it, the pain stops. I can't explain how it works, but I know that it does and it's phenomenal. So it's really cool to see how our brain 
can interpret sound and different frequencies and different energies, which technically are all sort of kind of the same thing. So yeah. it's really fun to see how all that experience, how your brain interprets that and how you experience it and how it changes everything. Literally your physical body, how it changes it. So this is something, by the way, that people can, I, I, I'd love to do it. I have no idea how much it costs. It's probably in the, I, I, my gut says $5,000 range. So someday when I'm rich, uh, <laughs> I would love to go to the Monroe Institute for people that are extremely interested in this stuff that have the, the physical money. First of all, please become a sponsor of the show. We're, that is a good time to mention that we're doing stuff with our $20 contributor levels with this stuff. If you're interested, please, please, please. That tier is jam packed with stuff. I, I I don't even know if I've told Pagan some of the stuff I've moved into there recently, but now you get access to our video game servers uh, and all kinds of other goodies. But I did some kind of little tweaking there. And it's just, it's awesome. The people that are in that group with us in Gilded doing this, so cool. And we cannot wait to do some of these live experiments. We're going to do some ESP tests, um, which is where I'm coming back around to say, if you're a non-believer in this stuff, or you're someone that's kind of on the fringes, I think this is for fringe people like myself, someone who mm-hmm. always believed in the paranormal without a doubt, but I doubt my uh, kind of connectivity with it. And here's the other thing I really feel the need to say. If you're someone out there feeling your doubt, it's probably not your fault, first of all. Like, if you doubt yourself, um, that's hmm, that's a very shameful word. We shouldn't use it. It's not doubt. You're not really doubting yourself. You've been trained and conditioned to not trust your senses is, is really what it is through religious organizations like the Christian Church in America who teach you that, you know, the only way through God is through tithing on a Sunday. You can't do it any other way. Um, or the Catholic Church who literally <laughs> used to sell indulgences. So you could sin and then pay off your trip to heaven. I mean, there's really twisted shit out there. Like that's, remember, that's where modern, I hate bashing Christianity, but that's where modern America is founded on is like this idea that you can pay away your sins. And the Puritans changed that a little bit because they weren't so much about the money. But what did they pick up? Like we talked about in the Salem episode, they thought if your children were having fun, you should beat them with a stick. Remember that? Yeah, you should beat them with a stick. And they also made children four years old and up work from sunup to sundown oh yeah four years old so we're not going to get into a whole crazy religious bashing thing but it's true though because even our government tells you 100 that they, they try to kill your imagination as a child and say no you need to sit here and focus on your schoolwork eight hours of the day but you don't get to actually have fun and use your imagination and go outside and build this world and use that Uh, the pineal gland in your brain, you don't get to do that. You don't get to use it. You're told to basically just become this mindless worker drone, which is not okay. And so this is one of those really great things that it helps condition your brain to go back to that childlike state, not to where you're going to lose all the intelligence that you've gained, but you're going to gain what society has squashed out and told your brain, no, I can't wonder this. Yes. Yeah. You get your wonder back from being a kid. That's that's mm-hmm. a really good point. And that that is exactly where I was going with that too, is again, you it's not it's not even I don't like the word self-doubt for it all of a sudden, because it's not self-doubt. You didn't start doubting. You've been in you've been taught to doubt. I mean, again, since the formation of modern United States, like that has been the 
like you said, governmental thing. Because, I mean, again, Puritans set up the towns there. That sort of stuff spread. We have other religious types in this country that have also spread it. And it's very popular to this day. So it is interesting. Um, Many of our friends from the New Kirks to Michelle Bellinger and beyond warn that we are in the middle of another satanic panic, as we've seen. Uh, Mm -hmm. So this is just all more reason, I think, for people, if you're interested in this side of, of life, just know you can go out and do this pretty easily. I will say you should buy the Hemisync tapes because that's the correct thing to do. There are other ways to get them that are on like YouTube and stuff. There's very many and TikTok has them as well, I'm sure. Um, I'd love to actually own these someday. They're very expensive, though. The Hemisync program is like $500 to do it all. Um, It is a nonprofit charity organization. So like... You know what I'm saying? You know, you can, Mm -hmm. like I've been doing, do the, um, they have a subscription program for like eight bucks a month that does not have the whole gateway experience, but it has a lot of the ones that I've been doing under there. First couple levels, I believe. Um, Not super up to date. I haven't looked at the whole catalog through that. But like I said, it's out there for sale. They still exist. So don't ignore them. They're still there. Um, You can listen and get a sampler and all that other stuff on the side, but you know, do as thou wilt. Uh, I kind of want to talk about some other things. We're kind of at the 30-ish, 37-minute mark. So, Pagan, do you have more Mm -hmm. questions off the bat? Because there's a couple more things. I think there's definitely a phase two. We've not talked about the click-out phase. I do see I have that in the notes here. Gosh, I I forgot. And I think you haven't talked about Stargate versus Gateway. So, I'm curious about that as well. That's a good one. Because I'm confused. Jump wherever you need to jump to. I'm curious about all of it. Okay, so Pagan's putting out a really good idea. Let me go back one step and say a huge shout out again to Greg and Dana Newkirk and the Paranormal Museum. They have Traveling Paranormal Museum and they uh, call words. You know what I'm talking about. Go listen to the episode. Go subscribe (laughs) and become a member like we are. Uh, Greg has been doing the book club, which had us reading Men Who Stare at Goats by John Ronson. Not at all like the film. The film is a comedy. This book is a reality of how the United States has recently, like through the Iraq war, used sound methods to torture Iraqi prisoners and stuff like that. So again, very different book, right? There's not a laugh to be had. This is all about how you can torture folks through sensory deprivation and the such. Um, beyond we also talked about that in an episode on the podcast on our infrasound episode so if you're interested in that go check out that episode as well anyway no that's a great call (laughs) so in in this one introduces us to a couple characters which are again what we're focusing on for this esp group one of my favorites being jim shannon who uh was tasked with writing the first earth battalion hand manual or handbook manual i have a copy of it in the other room i grabbed off of amazon Really amazing dude. Uh, wonderful documentary about him and the First Earth Battalion on Amazon. The one, th- uh, or Amazon Prime. The one thing is he didn't really work hands on in the division. So he created the idea of the U.S. military creating kind of warrior monks, as he calls them, or soldiers who are. Uh, I, I guess I would say they are in a way ascended physically, like in this physical plane, they're ascended just a higher level of mental state. Like they've through, you know, again, f- through monk training and through warrior training, they would be a well-minded group of people who could kind of de-escalate situations through nonviolent means. And the military looked at that and they go, oh, um, 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 uh, well, Maybe is kind of what they say. 
they asked a bunch of 17 year olds, what do you think about this? Do you think that we could make soldiers that are going to kill people and, or not kill people? And a lot of people were like, no, young, young recruits and, you know, middle middle aged recruits were like, ah, uh. but what they ended up doing was getting a bunch of like younger, just out of high school uh, guys and some, again, middle age to participate around Fort Bragg and I think Fort Meade as well in doing some of these experiments um, in these these kind of psychic divisions. And, and where this all goes is that there's two really big reports, the Stargate Project and the Gateway Project. You'll see both of these out there. I have a hard time knowing the difference between them. Gateway is most definitely this CIA report, but Stargate has more to do with remote viewing. So Gateway is more about leaving the physical body and meeting other entities, whereas Stargate was more about spying on other nations and stuff like that. Uh, and again, a lot of this comes about because there was fear that the Soviets were doing this too. Um, your mileage will vary with how real that is. Um, there are reports that I've seen, uh, or, or I should say reported in things that I trust that mention it. I believe it even says it in the Gateway thing, but I don't... Let me see if I can find that. Uh, okay, so the the Vice article says that in 1972, a classified report circulates in the U.S. military and intelligence communities, claims the Soviet Union is pouring money into research involving ESP and psychokinesis for espionage purposes. And that is what greenlit a lot of this research, is that they, you know, basically people were saying, psychic spies, psychic spies, and the government went, ah, here you go, here's money, defend us. <laughs> so... <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. How about them apples? Actually, I, I think it was maybe, I may be misquoting this, but I want to say in the movie The Third Eye Spies, which is highly recommended on Amazon Prime, that one talks more about Stargate. I think it was in that one that at the end, they, they tapered off by saying, scientists, as a PSA, if you are looking into this field uh, and you're trying to get funding for this, do tell the government you're using it for either like you need it for defense purposes or something like that. They warned, please give them a scare factor because otherwise a lot of the psychic research goes unfunded. Um, they said, don't say things like, you know, we're trying to find out more about reality or we're they I think they said maybe tr something about trying to meet God. That one was like a little iffy because like sometimes that goes over really well with Republican candidates who are like, God, God, God. And then other times, you know, it goes over really poorly. So legitimate warning to the educational, you know, scientific and military community that if you want to continue this research um, from the mouths of people that were in the field in the 50s and 70s, uh, do do make sure the government is thinking this is a defense thing or otherwise you're going to be out of luck. Mm -hmm. I just can't believe half the things I'm reciting here. This is just so beyond. And I don't even know if I told Pagan this, but I've been talking through Facebook Messenger with a man who claims to be one of the people that did this at Fort Bragg, um, who was just telling me about cloud bursting the other day, which is talked about men who stare at goats, where for those that are un unfamiliar with it, uh, you, know, you stare at a cloud and with your mind, you can burst it because, well, I mean, like many things, you are connected to it. So burst away. Uh, this guy hasn't given me the most information. I, I want to say I trust him because he literally has Jim Channon's official page. Like they, the, he has been the one that is caretaking it, the official one. So after. Oh, I think you told me a little bit about this. I may have said a little. So yeah, Jim Channon's Facebook page, read a lot of this First Earth Battalion stuff. 
Um, there's someone new maintaining it. And back to that idea I talked about before about how sad it is that stuff gets deleted. A lot of Jim Shannon's pages are just completely gone offline now. <laughs> totally mm-hmm. gone. And I don't know what it was full of, but Jim Shannon's a person I'm very interested in. In Hawaii, he set up a really cool uh, self-sustained community with him and friends who, like, they they brought in all kinds of cool plants and they were doing all their own farming. And they're really trying to work on a lot of ideas for, like, eco-futures. And he put together a little institute, I think, that works on that stuff, how to um, envision communities like physical towns and stuff being you know all the more eco-friendly with how they harvest food and maintain themselves and all the stuff that we should have been worried about 40 50 years ago and here they stuck jim channon on an island basically and he (laughs) here we are still using plastic and all this crap oh yes no i i think that i kind of wish that jim channon's kind of experience would have been the norm that would have been so much better for the entire planet and the world and everything else that would have been so much better i like to think so too and i mean again this stuff this stuff is really out there for people listening they're like i don't know what the heck is going on i would love questions because i think next week we should just do a ton of questions i think that'd be really fun yeah uh, if Let, people let's totally do a q a with you guys let's do it and because again we have some more things to get through here like i have a section where do we go next uh talking more about the click out phases, which I should reread my own notes for next week on that. Because again, I don't understand. Here, I'll read a synopsis though. I wrote this much or copied this much. It says, if the frequency of human consciousness can dip below 10 to the power of 33 centimeters per second above a state of total rest, it can transcend space time. Did you get that? <laughs> 10 to the power 33 centimeters per second above the state of total rest. There was way too much math involved in that, <laughs> and I don't do math. <laughs> the, uh, the last, I think the last thing to leave people with is my very loose understanding. There's a picture of it in here too, Pagan. Um, oh, there's not in there. It's in, do you have the Vice article still pulled up on the side? I do not. Let me, I can, here, I, I can put it right. Oh, it's actually in the chat there still. The one we're looking okay. at, let me copy and paste this image, too. I'm just doing this so Pagan can see everyone else out there. You'll get this in the show notes. Um, okay. Do you see the one I put there in our voice chat that's got the hologram, mm-hmm. the nucleus, and the universal something? rather? So that yep. is uh, one of the depictions of space-time and or, or our existence, I should say. I, I don't know what word to use because basically w- – We're described in this conversation that our galaxy, is the word being used, is close to the top of this torus shape that's shown animated in that document. And that is we, as galaxies above us, are apparently moving faster in time, space time, something rather. And that as we get closer to that, we will also move faster and then something about how once you crest that, you go into a black hole, and then I think our universe ends. But that's okay, because we want that. <laughs> because we're all in a hologram, and if we get to the center, then we are in the absolute, which is outside of space-time, and we might be able to change things there. I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I really am not sure about what I said there. But if you understood at home and know better, please tell me. It just says Also, he- for someone who just listened to that and didn't have a clue what 
Kyle was talking about. It's okay if y'all didn't understand it either because that's super confusing. And I don't even think Kyle understood what he was trying to translate for all of you. But if you, you'll see the, I'm presuming that you're going to put this picture in the show notes. Yeah, we'll have that in there for him for sure. So you can look at it. The picture is super confusing. It, it kind of looks like cell division. So if you you look at like biology and the dividing of cells, that's what it looks like. But Man, oh man, does it like that description was super confusing. No fault to you. Probably very confusing to whoever designed this and created it. I have no clue. (laughs) I want to try and read this. This is I'm going to try and read this kind of quickly. I mean, we have some time here, some like 10 plus minutes to wrap this. But okay, so here's from the Vice article. It says this pattern of the universe conspicuously mirrors the patterns of electrons around the nucleus of an atom. Galaxies north of our own are moving away from us faster than the galaxies to the south. Galaxies to the east and west of us are more distant. The energy that produced the matter that makes up the universe that we presently enjoy will turn back in on itself eventually. Its trajectory is ovoid, also known as the cosmic egg. As it curls back on itself, it enters a black hole goes through a densely packed energy nucleus and gets spat out the other side of a white hole and begins the process again. The entire universe hologram, the Taurus, represents all the phases of time, the past, present, and future. The takeaways that human consciousness brought to a sufficiently altered focused state could obtain information about the past, present, and future since they all live in a universal hologram simultaneously. Wayne then reasons that our own or that our all reaching consciousness eventually participates in the all knowing infinite continuum. Long after we depart the space time dimension and the hologram, uh, each one of us perceives is snuffed out. Our consciousness continues again. I mean, they even wrote in the article, take a deep breath. Now, (laughs) literally the vice article is like deep breaths. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) I did. I, I get it. Then everyone, but I'm still super lost. I have, it's a cute image. It looks like biology, but beyond that, I cannot understand half of that. We're missing one key component here that I've failed to explain. And I, I think this might be, again, the best place to leave it is towards the end and say that time is a measurement of energy in motion. That last part being the most important part. Energy in motion, not even the energy, but in motion. So energy outside of what they call a, a vibratory. Oh, shit. What was the word they use? Like a vibratory resonance chamber of sorts, which is kind of like the universal that we live in right now. Um, that's why mm-hmm. we even see or perceive time is because energy is moving within a measurable scale. Uh, energy in motion. Now, if we go outside of the universe or get rid of this universal hologram or whatever, it stops being in motion. It's just energy, energy everywhere, doing everything always, I, I assume, is my thinking of it. And therefore, no time can exist because all is always, all the time. That kind of makes sense. That And what really comes to mind for me um, with all of this is I was actually talking with a friend the other day about how time is 
not 100% linear, that it's constantly moving and fluctuating. And we're fluctuating between dimensions as well. So there's multiple versions of ourselves in all these dimensions. And that the conscious decision that each, you know, our main self, I guess, whichever one of us is the main one, affects all of the other different ones. And it can change the outcomes of how everything, it's just very interesting. And it's, I think it's called the multi-universal theory or something like that but it's super cool and it's super interesting to me this is really interesting to me super confusing but super still confusing super <laughs> it is uh, well okay so that, that that gets to be where it okay I, I will help with one last kind of detail here in this episode again which is to say the cia report i think is what makes it confusing um bob monroe is super easy to listen to and his mm-hmm. answer to thing his answer to most questions you'll you know he'll get is well, it's simple, really, because actually it is. Um, someone will ask him a question like, well, how do you interact with things on a different plane or whatever? And he'll be like, well, it's simple. You close your eyes and you just do it. And and he's he has a point. Like, I get it. When you get it, you get it. Like, he's trying to say that all the shit that you've been told all your life about how it's very complicated and only a few people, you know, that spend years and years and years doing this can do it. That's the other thing. Again, there's a lot of trained gatekeeping, right? Like you can't hit that meditation state. It takes people years and years and years to do. And that's why Bob Monroe always goes back and goes, it's actually real simple. You just do this. And again, not everyone's going to get it. Not everyone's going to get to focus states all the time. I can't do it. I've had a really hard time, ironically, since the experiment has started here of getting into the states. Um, the other thing he talks about, too, and I don't know the validity of this. I just heard this as an anecdote in the book was that if you've ever had that like falling dream that kind of wakes you up uh, and I'd be curious yes. to get your astral projection thought on this. But he was saying that to you coming back into your body a lot of the time. Uh, yes, actually, that's pretty accurate. Um, if I'm able to. So if I'm what I call sleep astrally projecting mm-hmm. because I can do it what I call conscious projection and also uh, sleep projection where you end up kind of actually projecting in your sleep. And when you have that dream, it's like something is forcing you back into your body or your brain is like saying, Nope, you're about to encounter something you're not supposed to see or not supposed to experience, or this could hurt you yanks you back. And that's when I usually have that. Okay. We're going to fall. And it's very interesting because it's very much like falling through the sky in all of mine. And I'd like to hear how other people experience that too. You know, some people say it's like falling off a cliff. Other people say, um, it's, like splashing into water. And so it's one of those things that for me, it's like falling through the sky and then I hit the ground and that's where I wake up. And I, I, I have that feeling of jolting awake. I always have, or when I remember the imagery attached to it, I always remember we had these like concrete steps kind of leading up to my front porch. And it's always me like having a slip off of those kind of is like the image, mm-hmm. like I'm about to fall backwards, which in real life, I don't think I ever did. It's concrete behind you too. So definitely don't smack your head off of that. But in the dream, that's what it is. I'm like, whoops. And, and then, whoop, then I wake up. Um, now, that's the other thing I like about this gateway process to me is a lot of this stuff is stuff I've taken personally for granted for years and years and years. And that's where I think a lot of the people in our group are also getting a lot of it too, is again, we're a group of people that are already inclined to be um, in a meditative mindset or at least a contemplative one. Um, I always kind of thought similarly. I was always wondering exactly what the purpose of those falling were. And it turns out, I guess I was fairly spot on the money. I always assumed, still do perceive this to be part of it still, 
is that that is a method of your brain. Um, like if you fail to get into the right mode of sleep, so you're, you're like, if your brain is not in the path to REM sleep, I always thought that that was its way of trying to readjust. Like, again, if you're stuck, your brain would be like, oh, wake up, kind of, sort of, but go right back to sleep. Okay, now we're on the right path. And it turns out my random speculation is actually pretty freaking close to what, you know, again, what this group is saying, which is it's either you, you know, coming back into your physical body or you transitioning through different like theta, alpha, gamma, like you're moving in that spectrum. Um, and it's to facilitate that process. So I'm like, holy shit. Again, for me, none of this stuff is a hard pill to swallow because I guess I've already been drinking this kind of Kool-Aid in my own world for a long time. It's just how <laughs> I put the world together, how I understand, you know, the sun to rise and set. And then I read it in a, like a CIA document that had millions of dollars poured into it. And I'm like, oh, wow. But what bums me out is this is where I'm angry about religion, the modern age. Or maybe not even angry. I guess this is where I'm eternally, like in a religious way, very disappointed at theologians. This is the stuff that people should have been working on for thousands of years. This is the stuff your pastor and such should be trying to do with you. It's like get get into a higher brain state so you can actually change the world. That's my opinion. But like it, it bothers mm-hmm. me that people spend thousands of dollars going and getting their like theological degree or whatever. And they're just going to share ghost stories around a campfire. Like it's not new. It's not innovative. It's like, how can we reinterpret the same passage that no one really cares about anymore? Cause our church is still losing followers in the modern age. And it's like, maybe if you were trying to expand the brain and actually work on, you know, how humans can be better and more in tune with animals and nature, hey, that would get people signing up. I mean, I'm going out here in the limb for a second, Pega, but if we remember, I at the time was a little bit not in love with the idea of Indrid Cold's planet Lanulos having like this weird <laughs> universal religion. But I also wonder now if that's closer to like what this is, because they told us, Indrid Cold and them told us back in Visitors from Lanulos, the humans needed to find telepathy. That was the next step. You cannot progress without telepathy you will destroy yourselves before then because you need to have more understanding of love humans don't understand that and they don't understand what love means to to like to the planet to the animals and all that stuff so going like far out on where we came from a couple months ago i just can't help but see it all tied back together of like i don't know maybe if we could step out of our bodies more and start to understand the world the planets our place in it how we interact with others and also how to channel maybe some of these healing or growth energies, whatever it is. Um, I mean, what if we could grow our own food faster and avert, you know, climate disaster like that? Like, what if we literally could connect our minds and, and do all of that? And if I and when I say that, I guess my new implication is that we can. We just need to. Yeah, it, it's I think that we I would really love to see what you were saying about, you know, changing the religious aspect of, you know, getting away from what was written 2000 years ago. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Christianity here because in my opinion, Christianity is the least open-minded religion when it comes to exploring any sort of different wavelength in the brain. And I, there was a great TikTok that I actually watched the other day that was a clip from Family Guy. And it was a mother who was screaming at one of the characters who was holding her child saying, you know, I have chosen not to vaccinate because it's against God and, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, the same rhetoric we've all heard for the last 10 years or so. And ultimately, she said that 
maybe God put the knowledge into these scientists to create this vaccine and to save you from this pandemic or save you from this disease by creating this. And I think that that's kind of the state of the world that we're in, that we need to realize that if God is out there and it could be your God, it could be the, you know, it could be the Christian God, it could be any of the other gods, if they are out there and you believe that they're out there and they, you believe that they are there and they're in your time space continuum of your brain influencing you and guiding you that's something that you really need to ask yourself is maybe god is saying hey you need to stop abiding by what's written here because it applied then it doesn't super apply now you're trying to make it fit into a box that it doesn't fit into but i'm trying to give you the information that you need right now which might be more love, more acceptance, and more telepathy, and more openness of the mind in order for you to survive and not kill the home I built for you. So there's my two cents on that whole take. That was my universal rant, and I'm done. (laughs) I like it. It's a good universal rant, um, because what we're going to be getting into a lot here, one of my favorite passages or like things that Monroe says in in the Hemisync tapes is like, it's this line, I can't remember it all, because this is an experiment made by you. And it's, it's kind of getting at this idea that I mean, depending on your understanding of all of this, uh, another like just thought experiment to leave everyone with. But my understanding from science and everything, which again ties back into this from 50 years ago, is that the more and more and more we look at things on a smaller and smaller and smaller scale, the more we find. Like we have the, um, oh, I can't even think what it's called, not the particle zoo, or is it the particle zoo? A subatomic particle zoo maybe is. The the, the more we look into to you know, an item, the more and more and more we see it, there's all this empty space there. And so back to the idea of, of this Hemisync stuff goes on, the gateway experience and all that to propose that everything's just a lattice of energy grids over top of it, right? So that we have our energy grid as humans, but, you know, there's probably like an energy pattern rolling over your desk right now that you just can't visibly see with your eyes, um, mm-hmm. but actually that's all open space. So you're literally interacting with the energy around it. And remember there's that scientific thing where we're never really touching stuff, right? Like no matter how close we get to it, we never exactly touch. I don't totally understand that, but on the, like the micro, micro, micro level, you know, our, our, I guess we repel each other still, you know, our energy fields are what interact, not our physical matter so much. So, I, there's a lot to be said about how much of our reality we do manifest into existence. Then there's some mm-hmm. interesting potential ideas that are left here. This is, I think, really where to end it because um, this sets up where next week and what we're moving into. Um, here, here's just a couple. So they talk about how it could be used for, for national defense purposes. But here's a list A through G. It says, begin by using the gateway hemisync tapes to achieve enhanced brain focus and to induce hemispheric synchronization. Then add some strong REM sleep frequencies to induce left brain qua- uh, quasi qua- quasience and deep phys- physical relaxation. I don't know what that word is. Qua- quasience. Q-U-I-E-S-C-E-N-C-E. Write me and tell me what that means. I'm uneducated. Q-essence? Q-essence? We're going to Google it. Q-essence, maybe? I want to know. Q-U-I-E-S-C-E-N-C-E. As we learned how to word today on Chaos and Shadow. <laughs> Inactivity or dormancy. 
Quisense. Quisense, says Google. Sense. Okay. We don't use that word in 2020, it seems. (laughs) Quisense is a 60s word. Um, So anyway, you're getting to deep physical relaxation. C, provide hypnotic suggestion designed to enable an individual to induce deep uh, auto-hypnotic state at will. Use auto-hypnotic suggestion as number D to obtain, or letter D, to obtain such uh, enhanced focus of concentration, motivation, and rapidly progressing through focus 12 exercises. E says, then repeat A through B following use of the auto-hypnotic suggestion that an out-of-body movement will occur and be remembered. F, repeat step E to achieve facility in gaining out-of-body state under conscious control. It goes on here. There's more. But G, the final step in this one says, approach focus 15 and 21 objectives to escape from space-time and interact with new dimensions from an out-of-body perspective. So this whole thing will be in the notes so people can read this. But basically, I've heard, and I don't know where I saw this exactly, but I heard one of the tricks that you need to try is getting someone in to focus 10 focus 15 and focus 21 because if you can do all three and get people into all those states semi-synchronized as a group of perceivers you could perceive potentially uh, well the the past the present and the future because each one of those focus states is supposed to be getting you closer towards one or the other i think 15 is the past i think 21 is the future and i think 10 is now so to get someone in all of those states observing something you could potentially get like a thorough space-time viewing of it, which to me is just freaking fascinating that this is even a proposition and that we're going to try it. Like, I'm just, I don't even know. What does that mean? (laughs) That's amazing. I love it. I Uh, love it. Yeah. That's all I can, that's my, that's where I'm going to leave them for this week, I think. Looking through everything I think that's a great place to leave them. I think that we have given them enough to make their brain just go, Okay, let let's explore this a little more because I'm confused and I I would say embrace the confusion and learn more. Yes. Oh, also the answer to this, yeah, we'll get to this next week is number is is H is where it proposes some of this where it talks about getting someone in the past, present, and future. So that's cool. We're going to try it. I really want people from our audience to dive in. If you at all are interested in it, I, I do apologize if this episode has been anywhere all over the place. A huge shout out to Pagan for keeping me on track and asking the relevant and pressing questions. I tried to record this when you were ill last week and it just did not at all happen because I would start talking and then I would go, what the hell did that even mean? Like, did I explain <laughs> 10 of the jargon words I used in the 10 out of 10 words are jargon at this rate? So, yeah. And that's totally okay that, you know, that's why we get to explore these fun topics and we get to learn together. And it's fun getting to be the person that got to learn about this because I have been so busy going on with my own stuff in the IRL world that I have not actually gotten to take part in any of this stuff yet. I will be joining for round two. So... If you are interested and you want to join us, please do join us. Come over and become a member. And it's the contributor level that they get all these cool perks, right? It is. Yes. Contributor level. Lots of perks. Let me also pull that up here on the side, too, while we're just chatting. And oh. you get to explore all this really cool stuff with us. And I I would say that if you're even remotely, minutely interested, come join us. Even just to say, I tried it. It wasn't for me. But that's okay. The good news is, like I tell my kids, you tried it. That's right. Better to try something than to not. That's right. 
Well, speaking of trying too, so um, you know, c- come join the group. Uh, you could try the Hemisync stuff on your own time. Uh, even if that's not your thing, we have so much bonus content for people. The $20 contributor level now has a free trial as well. So you can get about, I think it's 7 to 14 days up there right now. Uh, 14 days, confirm. <laughs> so 14-day 14 14. free trial. Uh, g- grab that stuff. You get discount codes to the shop. You get some member badges. We get the exclusive role in our Gilded server. Priority access to our gaming servers because we're looking at hosting a Valheim one. And it, like in relation to the Valheim uh, bulletin podcast go subscribe if you're a gamer we've been doing a lot of seven days to die probably going to do a little podcast about that that's going to be like a micro one that only they don't release too much content for seven days to die but if you are a gamer and like it we've been doing some fallout mods in there pagan and oh my gosh is it fun they added so many good monsters from fallout and you get a big old vault door oh, and no. it's, it's so cute i love it um so if you want to join us in any of these that's part of that membership tier uh, like I said, you get access to the, the, the RIS ESP data that we're, we're gathering. And then if you're at a higher level there, the founder one. Oh, this is a good reminder. The founder tier goes away soon. And May is your you. If you're interested in getting a special gift in the mail for the birthday of uh, the Chaos and Shadow podcast, we are doing that for our founders. So become a founder in May and June and you'll get a special goodie mailed out to you in July to coincide with its birthday. So uh, really, really, really go check those out. It means the world to us. We did just get a new subscriber yesterday. So huge thank you to that. Um, people have been supporting some of the podcasts and all the likes. So we just we can't thank you enough. It is, I guess, our very last thing to say, if money is tight, you can get a free month of the uh, the contributor tier right now just by sharing the show. We've partnered with Referomatic. Uh, so just go to the link refer.fm. You put in your, your first name and your email, and then you can share out a special link to your friends via really anything. Like text it to them. You can tweet it to them, whatever your preference. But they click on your 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 gifter link, if you will. And uh, then once you accumulate a couple friends in there, you get a free month's worth. So I'm very excited about that. Please let us know how it goes. I'm going to add some extra tiers in there too. I, I, I It's not listed, but I want to do a special something for the first couple folks that do share so if you get five shares out there uh in in this next little bit we will send you some stickers in the mail too i've got some extra louis stickers so if you share out the show with five friends you can get that and that'll put you halfway on your path to getting a free month of it so that'll be great that'll, that'll be, be great. lovely people can get involved you and i are going to do a q a uh we said saturday the 22nd of may is the date yep mm-hmm. so look out for that we're going to do a q a in gilded that means join up gilded.gg forward slash RPN. Pop in there, chat with us. Um, we're all, I'm always gaming in there. We always record through there and we're going to do some live things. There's also movie nights and a, probably by the time this episode goes out, there will be a calendar. Should probably go up today or tomorrow on the feed, but uh, I'll have a May calendar up there for people. So you can just go and check that out at revelatornetwork.com forward slash news. Let's get out of here, Peggy. It's going to be great. Let's do it. Let's Thank leave. you so much for joining us, guys. This has been so much fun. Go follow Pagan and I on Twitter. We'll be chatting with you soon. Make sure to get subscribed to Pagan's Witchy Corner podcast. I heard she's got some great <laughs> new uh, amount of listeners over there. So thank you to everyone subscribing Yay. to that. Thank um, you, guys. 
Oh, also, I, I can kind of announce here. It's it's more for another show, but this will be my tease. We do have an official sponsorship coming through uh, for the Valheim one through Manscaped. So if anyone needs any razors or shaving blades, anything like that, uh, they're they're going to sponsor Valheim. And I'm going to kind of promote that through the other shows, too, since the whole network is growing. Um, I will have a unique code for everyone if you want to get a discount. I think they have a new product coming here in May. So today or tomorrow, I think it's tomorrow. So uh, look out for that in the future. We'll have a code. Be good to yourselves. Be safe. And we'll catch up with you next week. Send your questions. Kyle at Revelator Network.com. Bye. Bye.